Hello, my name is Nick Spasic, and you're listening to From and Inspired By, a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we continue our series, Your Favorite Soundtrack, where we talk to our favorite podcasters about the soundtracks they love. In this episode, we're talking with Franklin Fantini, host of Dollar Country, a podcast which primarily features country 45s that Franklin finds in dollar bins around the country. The show is everything from old hits to B-sides, common records to rarities, and everything between the most popular artists and private press junk. Franklin swung by my house to talk about his favorite soundtrack, Don Cherry, Ronald Frangipane, and Alexander Hodorowsky's music for Hodorowsky's 1973 surrealist fantasy film, The Holy Mountain. So, why did you pick the Holy Mountain? Um, we've kind of talked about this before, but I'm not a big soundtrack guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of I like soundtracks, but I like soundtracks when they're paired with the visuals. Usually, so like a soundtrack to me, listening to it at home isn't really appealing. But for some reason, like except for soundtracks that are like. You know, like the Mission Impossible soundtrack. It's basically just like a mixtape. Like, those are cool. But, like, as far as soundtracks that are, like, scores, I don't usually like to listen to them at home. I'd rather just watch the movie. And so, but that's the one soundtrack that I own and I put on. Like, I do listen to it. Do you own, like, the the reissue that Real Gone put out? Yeah. The, the vinyl one a couple yeah. years ago? And I have the CD. I bought, like, the... The Yodorowsky box, like CD DVD box set that came out like, oh, yeah. probably like ten years ago, and it had a CD version. So that's how I first had it. How did you like first like encounter the Holy Mountain? I actually have a pretty good story about that. I, you know, Kenneth Kupfer. Yeah. So Kenneth was really good friends with, or Kenneth was. I moved into a house with somebody who was older than me, Andrew Roberts. A few, like old enough and he had, he was friends with like Kenneth and Jasper and those dudes and so they would come over and hang out and then one morning I went downstairs in this house and it was like early on in DVD R's DVD mm-hmm. burning yeah and there was just on top of like our TV DVD player there was just a DVD R that said Holy Mountain on it and I'd never I didn't know what it was I never heard of it before and I put it in the DVD player. It's just like when you're like 20, you just have all day to do everything. <laughs> so I was like, sure, I'll just watch a mo- this movie right now. And I put it in, and there is no, there is no screen. There is no DVD screen or anything. It just started the movie, and it was just like, <laughs> what the hell is this? Like it just like totally. It was the perfect way to to watch it. And then I watched like the first hour because it's a really, 
It's not that long. It's less than two hours, but it's it, it's almost two hours. It's really. Yeah, dense. I rewatched it yesterday, and I was just like, Yeah, I, would, I rewatched it yesterday too. It's just so dense. It feels like it's like three hours long to me. Yeah. So I usually have to take a break. That's that's kind of what I did. I think I took a break like midway through and like folded laundry yeah. or something. <laughs> I just, because it, I don't know if it's for the same for you as it is for me, but like whenever I've watched that movie, it just it feels like afterwards, like it it is an experience. Yeah. It's it's a lot to think about. And it's not like it's not like when I was younger it was a lot of really heady ideas. It's still really heady ideas, but I'm more familiar with them now. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite as like as like groundbreaking ideas, but it still is just like every single thing that happens in the movie has something tied to it from like the tarot or like, you know, something yeah. else. And so it's just like you're watching this movie but it's referencing you know, you're watching two hours of film, but it's referencing ten hours of actual like <laughs> research. You know what I mean? And just like, yeah, it's really dense. I usually stop in the middle when the they're doing the different character portraits. Yes, I usually stop around there and take a break. Those character portraits are like they're short films in and of yeah. themselves. <laughs> like any one of those, you could just like show that like five or. 10 minute segment to somebody I think and they would just be like what I know it's so weird <laughs> yeah yeah and each one has in I think the the thing I like about the soundtrack is that like it isn't it's really disjointed but the movie is really disjointed mm-hmm. so it makes sense like usually you'd think that like when I think of like modern soundtracks especially like all the stuff that's that's really popular now with like um like, you know, Mondo and, um, what's the other one? Death Waltz and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, a lot of it has to do with, like, the idea, I think, it's glorifying the idea that the soundtrack helps bring the whole movie together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, a, the soundtrack is, uh, is on equal footing with the visuals at, or around there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's kind of that way with Holy Mountain, but it definitely lets you know that the movie is completely insane. Because the soundtrack's insane. It's insane. It's it's the like, if you read like if you go to like the I was I was looking at like the the product page for it on Light in the Attic's website, right? Oh right. And it just like mentions it's like it goes from this style to this style and this style and this style and like it's it's like ten different like you know it's like there's folk and then there's scronk and then there's like weird like psychedelic guitars and all that and that's all within like the first twenty four minutes of the yeah. movie. And there's also, like, chamber music and, like, sort of, like, classical pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really all over the place. And some of the jazz... Or not... They're not even jazz pieces, but some of the kind of meditative pieces are, I think, Don Cherry helped with yeah. played on. And some of that stuff is on this album of his called Organic Music Society. I don't know if you know that record. No, I don't. I'm vaguely familiar with yeah, Don Cherry, but yeah. It has, uh, it has some of that on there. So, yeah, it's really, like completely all over the place um which makes sense for the movie because it's telling this like really insane story i also think that alejandro yodorowsky doesn't really like i think that he (laughs) i think he's like a scatterbrained mystic kind of yeah i think watching a movie like that is kind of like oh i bet this is like how you think about everything (laughs) like you look at the world and you're like oh this is about this tarot card and this is about this book and you know what i mean like he just like makes all these crazy connections have you seen Yodorovsky's Dune? 
Yeah. The, the documentary, documentary about it, yeah. And, like, listening to him talk about putting that movie together, <laughs> like, actually made the Holy Mountains make a little more sense, where it's just like, oh, no, like, you're, you're not on our level. You're somewhere else and we just can't conceive of what you're talking about yeah totally it's uh yeah he's pretty out there i also i thought about watching the dvd with commentary but i didn't before this talk but uh i have watched it with commentary before and it is first of all the commentary is in spanish so you have to have subtitles for the commentary (laughs) And already a lot of the speaking parts are hard enough to hear, so I usually watch it with subtitles anyway. Mm-hmm. So you have subtitles with the commentary, and he's ta- he's just like constantly being like, oh yeah, that's because of this, and this vision this person is seeing is because of this, and this music I chose here and because of this, and this person was like visiting my house. Like in Jodorowsky's Dune, he's always like, he's just like talking about famous people just being at his house all the yeah. time. He's like, oh yeah, well like, the guys from Pink Floyd were over, so I thought I'd like invite them to play. It's just like, all right, dude. Uh, but yeah, also a lot of the music I think is spiritual. Is yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it's like half really spiritual music and half like seemingly like just like library classical music. Mm-hmm. So it seems like some of it's really thought out, and then some of it is kind of like, oh, well, this scene is like he's mess- He's talking to the president, so we need like a presidential theme. What I think is really interesting about the movie is the fact that, like, you read about it, and he just kept cutting lines. Like, he just, like, was trying to get there to be as little dialogue as possible. So the music does a lot of heavy lifting. Like, there is, like, going back to, like, the first 24 minutes, like, there's, you're just having to, that is one of those movies that you can't look away from. Like, you have to pay attention, like, just yeah. to, just to even be as lost as you are. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot, there's a lot told. Yeah, I was, I was noticing that last night, actually. It was just, like, the amount of stuff, it's really vivid imagery, so you don't, sometimes you don't notice there isn't a lot of dialogue. Like, I mean, I yeah. guess I noticed, but, like, there's so much going on that I didn't feel like it was lacking. But, yeah, the music does do a lot of heavy lifting as far as that's concerned. I think that that's what makes it really interesting in that, like, when you... There's that weird thing where it's like, it's not like a silent film. It's just... It's a music... It, it, is a, it is a movie that has minimal dialogue for, like, the first hour or so before they start getting into the introduction of all, like, the characters inspired by the tarot. Right. And then you have, like, a lot of voiceover, like, where they're explaining everything, which are... I think the reason those would all work so well as short films is just because they're very self-contained yeah. and they're very explanatory of like what's going on. Whereas everything else is just kind of like, okay, so he's on a quest. Yeah. And, and it doesn't really explain that the main, the or what I kind of think of as the main character is the thief yeah. character. Like it doesn't really, I didn't really recognize, I don't know anything about the tarot for the most part. So like until I watched the commentary, I did. I was like, oh okay, so this guy kind of looks like Jesus, I guess. Yeah. And like then I realized like, oh, he's the thief, and he's actually just one of nine people. It just happens to be that it follows him first, and I don't really know why. But yeah, in the first in the first twenty four minutes, which I think is like as long as it takes for the thief to meet the alchemist, mm-hmm. 
There's like yeah, the first track, like the first opening track where she's he's shaving those girls' heads is like that like meditative like slow build up with like with like throat singing and stuff, which is like one of my favorite songs, just like ever. I yeah, love that song. That opening bit, like if it doesn't, that's that that should hook anybody in just to be like. <laughs> what the hell are we watching it's really powerful yeah and like the way it builds up and then after that there's that song the second song is called pissed and passed out which is when the jesus thief character is is passed <laughs> out and yeah. pisses his pants and like that's like this really cool like it sounds like a field recording almost like mm-hmm. a weird like homemade instrument yeah it's just like there's it really goes all over the place and it's hard to it's hard to think of a theme i think that's why i like it because it doesn't, I don't know. What do you what when you listen because you buy a lot of soundtracks? Mm-hmm. So when you put on a soundtrack at home, like what is the when you're listening to a soundtrack like and like doing something like cleaning or hanging out around the house? Are you listening to it because it reminds you of the movie, or are you listening to it because you genuinely like the music? The soundtrack there, there are like two kinds of soundtrack. There are two ways I buy soundtracks. There are like the ones I buy because I enjoy them. Well, actually. It's not even right. There are the ones I buy because I enjoy the music on its own. Like, it it works well as, like, a standalone mm-hmm. thing. Like, where it, it works well as, like, dance music or, like, classical march-type right, right. stuff. Like, the... Uh, and this will probably piss people off, but like, like Star Wars soundtracks work almost like Sousa marches, like, and like they're that sort of they're like they're very martial. Sure. Um, but then there are ones that I have bought, like just sort of like I own a few that I've just bought because of like I've never seen the movie. Like I own several soundtracks that I've never seen the movie, but because they're by. Like I'll buy anything that was produced and like any score that was a Quincy Jones score because I know it's going to be just like good sure. music. But yeah, for the most part, like I don't, I'm not like one of those people. Like I've gotten rid of a lot of soundtracks that I've gotten because I'm like, oh, I love this movie, and I'm just like, I'll never right. listen to this because it's it's either too minimalist or whatever. So yeah, I tend to I tend to listen to things that are that work like as music rather than I mean there are a few that I own just because I'm like I love this movie and yeah. I have to have everything related to it. Yeah. I guess the reason I ask is because when I listen to like I was saying earlier, I kind of like when I listen to a soundtrack it just reminds me of the movie usually. Mm-hmm. And but Holy Mountain is one that it does at the same time it does and doesn't at the same time I could listen to it and just be like well this is a really crazy song yeah uh, and really interesting interesting music and it doesn't necessarily remind me of scenes in the movie but the scenes are so vivid that it is easy to be like oh yeah I remember the exact scene this song is because like he 
like the music throughout the movie doesn't flow very well. Mm-mm. Like it's like here's a song in this scene and here's another song in this scene and then they'll just be silence in between. Yeah. Or like weird sound effects. And so it kind of like at the same time reminds me of the movie and at the same time like seems like just like a weird mixtape at the same time. The only thing I can think the only album like soundtrack that I can think of that really sort of reminds me on that same level is because and I'm I'm probably just thinking of this because it just got reissued. Like the the soundtrack for Sweet Sweetback's badass song, the Melvin Van Peebles Black Exploitation film, okay. because it's like all of these like weird styles and like the soundtrack isn't quite necessarily the music from the movie. It's like weird like col- sound collages that incorporate like the music from the score, but with like dialogue from the film. Yeah, and it's like that. It's it's very you know. Like, it's almost free jazz. Like, going back to Don Cherry, I guess. Right. Um, but no, like, I, I think it's a... The the point you make is really good. The idea that the music is so... Like, it bounces around so much. It, it does, like, remind you of the film. But also, just listening to it, it's the way it cuts. Just, like... <laughs> Like sort of like the film where it's just like a like a like yeah. just two pieces of music like butt up right next to each other and you're like there's no transition that would make that you there's not like a, a third track you could fit between these two that would cause it to make any sort of sense right I'd like to I would really like to talk to somebody who had never seen the movie and be like and ha- have them listen to the soundtrack and see what they thought about it I think that would be really interesting. That'd be a fun experiment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was I listened to this podcast called, what is it, Drifter Sympathy? I don't know if you've ever heard of no, it, I've but it's with uh, this dude, Emil Amos, who's the drummer for Ohm mm. and Grails, and also has a band called Holy Sons. Mm. And um, he does this podcast just because he's, he's done a lot of really crazy stuff just growing up. And half the podcast is him telling stories, and half the podcast is him exploring his record collection. And uh, and he talks about soundtracks a lot, because his take on soundtracks is that soundtrack composers kind of get away with murder. Like, they get to, <laughs> they get to, like, they get to make completely minimal abstract things and experiment with sounds, and they get to make, like, regular... Like, they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of, like... His take on it was like that's so interesting because you can hear somebody like really trying out things. Whereas with like experimental music, usually it's like just experimental. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like Ennio Morricone got to do like really cool scores, but then also like a few little like goofy songs. You know, just mm. like all sorts of stuff. Those are some of my favorites. Yeah, or like the uh, what was the other one I just thought of? Oh, like when Philip Philip Glass did the soundtrack for. Yoshimi, or no, not Mishima, I think it was called. And there's like a Phil, you know, Philip Glass all sounds. Yeah. He does that arpeggio thing. But there's one track that's a surf band playing <laughs> one of his, and it was like, oh, that's genius. Like, that's so cool. But it's like, you couldn't get away with that on a regular album, but he did, he put it on a soundtrack. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay, cool. That makes sense. So you do your own podcast. Yeah, I do a podcast too. Dollar Country. Which you're a big fan of. I, I am always, big I've fan always of. appreciated. Yeah, we listen to it at work a lot. We listened to the new episode at work this morning, actually. Sweet. So, uh, so you've been up since, like, 4? I've been up since, like, 3.15 this morning. Damn. 
that's why I'm drinking iced coffee right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I do Dollar Country, which is old uh, 45s and 78s country stuff. How do you get started? Like, uh, like, on that? Yeah. Um. Well, I work at the record store, and I don't know what happened with 45s with me. There's kind of like a there's kind of a distinction in a lot of record. Once you get like into record culture and stuff, mm-hmm. like we both are. Um, there's a distinction kind of between people who just like all sorts of stuff and then there's some people who like 45s a lot and then even if you go farther back there's some people who like 78s which is a very small percentage yes. and they write books about people like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah those people are usually pr- crazy and very oftentimes single um, but uh, I just got into collecting 45s because I thought it was like sometimes I don't want to listen to a Steppenwolf record, but I do want to listen to Magic Carpet Ride. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. And it's like, but I don't. I also don't want to listen to a CD compilation. It's just like, it's just really cool because you can throw on one forty-five, and so that kind of got me into it from the dollar bin stuff because you can find all these songs for a dollar. And then um, uh, the to get into collecting forty-fives, if you want to collect a certain genre, it can get pretty expensive. Because oh yeah. A lot of it is uh, like any anything that makes people dance is pretty dug out, and so is expensive. But country is not, and I just found that I, w- I could go to places where people had dug through everything and pulled everything that was worth money for the most part, and there was still like all this country music that nobody gave a shit about. And I just I don't know how I started doing that. Like wh- I don't know when that shifted, but I just started like. Being like, all oh, this country music is really good. It just takes a lot of time. You just have to listen to every everything or drop a needle and see what it's like. But uh, there's songs about everything from like murder ballads to nuclear energy to baseball to just like drinking and love. You know, it's yeah. it's all over the place. It's every kind of music, in yeah. a way. What I what I've always liked. Like, when I go digging for records and stuff at, like, record swaps and stuff, what's always kind of great, like, on the countryside is that you can find, like, you know, like, all of the the popular, like, you know, like, rock and roll and stuff like that. It's always, you can find it for cheap, but it's thrashed. Yeah. Like, you can find, you know, like... You can, you can find records that you're like, oh, man, I really like that, like... Oh man, a Rolling Stones record for a buck. This is great, and it's like it's beat to shit. Yeah. But like, I went to one in Topeka, and I walked out with like five Johnny Cash records that were like new. One of them was still sealed, <laughs> and it was just like this ridiculous thing. It's just like, oh, all of these country records look like somebody took the best care of them. It, like, yeah. You know, there's just as many thrashed ones. But you'll find like five copies, and at least one of them is just going to be, yeah, very good. Nice. I think. Do you think it has something to do with like the Midwest specifically? Yeah, it could be. Um, I, also, I, know, I know you've done like a lot of like yeah. digging when you travel and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, I think it does have to do with that. Like I've thought about if I lived in a different part of the country, whether or not that would be a thing that I would have gotten into. Um, because I do think that we're kind of. I don't know, Kansas is kind of like, it used to be the West, you mm-hmm. know, like back, way back. So there is kind of still that like out West feeling here as far as music is concerned sometimes. Uh, 
And there is a lot of, like, every tiny town had its own, like, country label. Like, Parsons had a label, and Wichita had a few labels. And I found records from Iola, Lawrence, Topeka, Kansas City. You know, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah. Like, country music is, like, a is like the, 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 like, quintessential American music in a lot of ways. Because, like, for years and years, like, between, like, the 30s and the 80s like there's always going to be a country station but you're not going to always have a blues station or like a soul station you know what I mean like they're more common now but like country was like American music for so long that like I don't know if it's ingrained in me to like it but it's really easy to like it's just a (laughs) dude with a guitar saying stuff that's like I mean obviously there's like a lot of bad country too but I don't know it's hard to say why I like it, but there's there's something about it that I really like. And other people seem to like it, too. When I, I'm surprised the amount of people that I play the podcast for that are like, oh, wow, I really like this music. I don't normally like country, but I like this. Which is one of those things where, like, you probably do like country. You just, like, associate it with, like, shitty country or new country or the stuff your dad always played in the 80s when you were growing up. Or, you know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. The theme to Monday Night Football. Yes, Monday Night Football by Bocephus. <laughs> well, awesome. Franklin, thank you so much. Yeah. It's been Thanks fun. for inviting me. You can find Franklin Fantini on Twitter at Franklin Fantini and Dollar Country is at Dollar Country. You can check out the show at dollarcountry.org. You can find this show on Facebook and Twitter at From Inspired Pod and at our website, fromaninspiredby.com. Please hit up the website and click on the Give Us Money button to help pay for web hosting and long-distance fees. And remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. We'll be back next week with a new installment of From the Stereo to Your Screen, talking about the music video for Digital Underground's same song from Nothing But Trouble. Until then, thanks for listening. (laughs) 